With the COVID-19 pandemic forcing students in Athens TV into virtual learning, we tried to figure out how can we make this class experience better when you can't be doing video production on a daily basis. And the solution we came up with was guest speakers. Today we are joined by Jeff Hinton, a Troy Athens Red Hawk grad, who currently has his own uh, sound company out of North Carolina. Take us back to that high school class. Um, sounds a little fuzzy on the memory, and that's fine. But what what were you doing when you were in high school to prepare yourself for where you are now? Or was it completely unexpected, maybe, that you would wind up where you are now? Uh, you know, I, I think, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of people who are in high school that know exactly what, they, what their career is going to be like. Um, I was really into music. Uh, you know, I was in the, the jazz band uh, and, uh, you know, was really into to uh, just being creative. I was in the, the, the theater uh, with Mrs. Manfredi. Who is, who anymore, is still right? here. Nope. Still here. She's still, She's still, there. still oh plugging away. Yep. How about that? Wow. <laughs> She's been here, I think, since day one of Athens. And at this rate, is going to be out on day last of Athens. But yeah, definitely still here. Wow, that's 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 crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, when it was in theater with Mrs. Manfredi, and uh, when it was in the jazz band with uh, who's the uh, the band uh, Fred? Um, do you remember what was his the the band guy? Um, the it's, guy. He's he was might have predated me, but I feel like oh, I can okay. picture the name. We have, in our staff lounge we have this like wall of retirees, and I feel like I can picture the name Fred. I just don't have it at the tip of my yeah, tongue and all the music programs uh so anyway so yeah did that and then i i took that uh, video production class and i don't remember the name of the the teacher unfortunately but we made a number of videos uh for the class and then um a good friend of mine uh named matt rundell he ended up being the um do you know matt rundell have you heard of him mm -mm. okay uh he ended up being um class president my senior year and I had done a bunch of videos with him and he, he later went into um, writing, uh, I believe he lives in Ann Arbor now, um, for production companies and stuff like that. And we, you know, we just made a lot of videos and little short wacky films and just, you know, just getting an idea. And at that, at that time it was all done on, on you know, these large camcorders. Um, uh -huh. yeah, I, I don't even think we had like a high eight or anything. I would think it was just like a, large VHS camcorder. I give you a lot of credit for when you say I made, we made a lot of short films during that era because I graduated in 2001 and I was probably working on some of the same equipment at that point that you had been working on in high school. And that's what ended my upstart career in any kind of film until I started teaching. It was, I just, it's just a pain to go through and work with. And it took some perseverance, I imagine, to, to, have the patience like now we just you know drag the file from the memory card into the well i would say program. we didn't know any better yeah so, that's true you know, there there was there was nothing on the horizon that told us that a, be, a better world was possible um and uh you know it was just a, a creative outlet and uh just a lot of fun we loved it nice. had a great time well, let me pull up your IMDb here so they can see, because you've done a lot of projects and a lot that I think we are familiar with. We got um, Stranger Things, 
Walking Dead. Um, I think I saw 13 Reasons Why. I saw Silicon Valley. I'm a big fan of that show. But you've had a lot of work, and it has to do with uh, sound and mixing. So what, what got you into the, the sound aspect of filmmaking? Well, I was really into music, and I wanted to become a, a, an audio engineer in a, a recording studio. And so uh, I went to Michigan State, and uh, I was just looking for, you know, originally I thought maybe I was going to go into, like, biology or something like that, but I had joined the, um, the theater. Uh, there's a big theater there called, I believe it's called the Breslin Center. Mm -hmm. And I ran sound for a couple of their productions, like student productions, and uh, was really, you know, having fun with it and uh, decided to go uh, to a different school, to a, like a technical school, basically, in Florida, and decided that uh, I wanted to work in recording studios and, and do music. Um, but along the way, when I real when I ended up ultimately moving to New York, I realized no one pays people in music, really. It's, <laughs> it's really tough to make a living, particularly in the beginning. So I got a job at a recording studio that did um, exclusively uh, post-production, namely commercials. So that's sort of where I got my start, um, you know, as a technical assistant, doing things like wiring studios and setting up equipment, uh, um, just helping in a technical sense uh, run the recording studio. And then, you know, I kind of got sick of just doing technical stuff. So I, I started doing a little bit more of the, um, you know, I guess I would call it creative work, working with clients working on commercials, uh, I would do a lot of um, uh, like remote recording. Like if a, if the talent didn't want to come to our recording studio, I'd go out with a recorder and a, a microphone and go record them. You know, particularly one of our big clients was the Broadway shows uh, in the neighborhood because uh, we were in sort of the middle of, of Manhattan, mid midtown Manhattan. So I would go to a lot of the, the, the theaters and record you know, actors for promos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really kind of how I got started. That's cool. Well, I think one thing I've done a poor job of getting these kids ready for is like the different titles, you know, and the because you watch the film credits and I don't know if any of them know what best boy grip or gaffer or anything like that means, but I, I, I don't think I know either. Perfect. So. Well, I bet I'm hoping, you know, some of these, and I was just wondering uh, some of these different roles that you're credited for, if you could talk a little bit about what you did for each. So just start off with one that you got here mostly, which is mixer. What is the, what's the mixer up to? Well, so there's, uh, I would, I would make the argument that there's been two sort of major paths of my career, um, at least up until now, I would say that, um, have you guys spoke at all about the difference between production and post-production? We have, I hope they're not about to be quizzed on it, but yeah, that is, a, no, those are terms that I come up. Yes. Um, All right. Good. I'm using the right words. <laughs> so I, I work pretty much exclusively in what's called post-production, which is after all the, the, the shooting and the filming is done and, um, you know, the actors are gone. So I, I spent the majority of my uh, time alone in a dark room with no windows. Uh, so I'm very pale, as you can tell. Uh, so uh, I would say there's been two sort of career paths that I've gone along. One has been what's called an ADR mixer, which um, to be simplistic in it is 
recording the actors after they've already shot the film and many times even after the film's been edited or anything like that. So uh, a lot of times when they're on set, um, they're outside and there's lots of noise. And instead of having to either wait for all that noise to go away or, um, you know, do a different setup, they'll just a lot of times just shoot through the noise and then they'll have the actors come in and redo their dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, that and make that's, sense? that's, it feels like a big challenge. I know there's a scene in Entourage where they showed that setup and it's got like a countdown clock and just, I, it's amazing to me. I guess that's why you pay actors the big bucks that they can nail the same inflection and like it all matches up. It just seems very some challenging. Better than, better than others. I work with a lot of children that um, some are naturally good at it, others not so much. Uh, it really takes, uh, I've no noticed the, the best actors are the ones that are very musical and can mm. um, get the rhythm right. Uh, I would also say the, the purpose of a lot of this is to, uh, for clarity. So if a, there's a major plot point that they forgot to shoot or wasn't exactly clear from the things that they have shot, they will do like a cutaway and then have an exp explanation and then do cut, cut back, you know, mm -hmm. so. They don't have to reshoot it, but there's a way for them to make clarity of the stories that they're trying to t tell. Yeah. Um, so a lot of what I'm doing these days, particularly at a shooting stage, because there's lots of productions going on, some sometimes they're um, television shows. So when an actor will be shooting their, let's say their sixth episode, they'll be doing post on the first episode. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times since the actors are here in North Carolina and they're not in LA, they come in here and I connect with LA um, via various uh, ways and um, uh, we'll, we'll work on that. So yeah. that's generally, and then the second being was if an actor's in town and they had shot a film say a year ago and they're in post-production, we'll be working on that, po that film that is in post-production. If if so an actor's that's one one of the, the two things that I do. If an actor's right. in town, questions about that? Yeah. So I I guess I have a few coming in. If a question, if sorry, if an actor is in town, who do you have to go through to get to them? Like if you hear in your studio, like we got to redo this, or you know, like how many layers do you have to sort through to get them there? And then how much time do you have with them? You know, like, are you able to control it all? Does it depend? Like, what's the what's the time frame in working through something like that? So the post post production supervisor is generally my contact. Um, the sound department. Uh, you know, I'm not generally part of the the official sound department because you have in the sound department you have people like editor, you know, editors and re recording mixers and sound designers and stuff like that. So I don't interface with them. I mainly interface with the post production supervisors. So their sound department will will say, "Hey, we we need these. We need six lines from this actor." Mm -hmm. So they'll call me, and they and they'll be like, "Do you have time? The actors are available this 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 time, this time, and this time. Give us a time for for what to do." So um, basically, they'll just book some time with me. They will send me cue sheets of all the lines that they won't replace. They will send me videos of the actor, you know, on screen doing their thing, so they can get uh, the context. Because a lot of actors, you're right, it's tough. They have to um, basically recreate their performance from anywhere from three months to six months to a year ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some actors do not like it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, 
But some actors love it because it gives them a chance to improve on, you know, maybe something they did, they felt they didn't do so well on the day of the set. You know, Meryl Streep is famous for uh, making her performances better through uh, ADR and, and post-production mm. syncing. Um, and then we had a question about, this probably depends on the project, but roughly how much audio is captured on set and how much gets added after the fact in post-production? You know, it varies. It really depends. Um, someone like Quentin Tarantino is notorious for not hating ADR, never wanting to do ADR. So on his film, it would probably be, you know, maybe 10%. Mm -hmm. But if you look at a film like a Marvel or, you know, um, the Avengers or any of those big budget films, I would say it could be anywhere close to 50 to 75%. Wow. And you probably have a very good ear for that. Like you, maybe it's a curse of being an audio for so long, but you, when you're watching something on Netflix or whatever, does you get kind of lost in the editing portion or the mixing of it? Or do yeah, they do a good enough so job I, that you I can just watch? Anyone else, I enjoy um, watching films and being, you know, taken out of reality. Uh, if, of course, if it's egregiously bad, um, you know, but I think we can all notice that yeah. we've all seen, the, you know, the back shot of somebody yeah. talking and their words not matching their head movements and stuff like that. And that's certainly something that kind of I feel doesn't really need to happen, but it does anyway, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, for whatever reason, they have enough coverage from here or there. So, uh, yeah, it really does vary. Um, it varies a lot these days because technology has gotten so good uh we're having to do less and less for technical reasons and more and more for um creative reasons i would mm -hmm. say um so how about when you're a uh, sound editor or sound effects what or di this one i've never heard of dialogue editor what's your role right. in those so uh when because you know we're sort of a uh here in North Carolina, we don't have a steady stream. We're not California or anything like that. Um, a very large portion of my job is also being a, a sound editor. And um, mostly that's a dialogue editor. So what happens when the show has been um, edited and finalized and the, the cut you hope is is locked, what we mean by locked is it's not gonna change anymore. They send the, 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 the show or the movie or whatever out to the sound team. So the sound team takes um, and puts in all the different elements. So you have, you know, music, you have uh, uh, sound effects, and you have dialogue are the main three things. So my job as a dialogue editor is to take what might have been six shots over the course of two minutes and make it all sound like it was the same shot. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, if you're going from a wide shot into a close up, the the quality of the voice is not going to change because if it did it would kind of take you out of it yeah a little bit you know so my job is to take all those bits and pieces of dialogue and, and audio is to try and make it sound like it's a complete um you know complete project mm -hmm. there's no there's no discontinu discontinuities between all the different pieces of audio gotcha so generally that's that's what i do and you know these days with a lot of outdoor shooting and stuff like that. I have a lot of tools at my disposal that allows me to take out a lot of unwanted sound mm -hmm. um, to make it clear. And so people can understand, you know, generally what you do. And a lot of that is also 
you know, I'm the guy on the other end that's saying, I need this actor to write, read this line, this line, this line, and this line again, too. Yeah. So I get to see it kind of from both both angles, I would say. That's kind of cool. Um, and then with my sound effects editing um, roles, a lot of it has to do with um, enhancing a scene, you know, adding environmental sounds. So if someone's in a forest, you know, the microphone that they have is not picking up that entire forest. Mm -hmm. You add the sound, sound afterwards. Um, if there's an explosion, you know, they didn't really get much on set, so you add explosion sounds, and I, and I can actually show you guys some. Oh yeah, my tools if you want. That would but, be fantastic because uh, that was one of my next questions. What kind of tools are we talking here? What do we need to be acquiring? But maybe it's a little bit out of our depth, so we'll make that decision. No, if you I, could I don't show think so. Us. I think I think it's um. So the the main tool that pretty much uh, everyone uses is what's called a, a digital audio workstation, and that's a just a basic um, software program that allow you to cut audio, move it around, make it louder, make it softer, add reverb, stuff like that. Um, and then on top of that, a big uh, part of my toolkit is my sound effects library. So I've been, you know, I've, I've had recorders, you know, things like, like this little recorder here oh boy. Nice. all my life, yeah. just going around, especially in New York, go around, record a subway, record, you know a crowd record all kinds of stuff and you know over the course of you know many many years i built up a a um a library so let me just show you that real quick hang on yeah we've got the zoom i need to send that around with uh some kids to make the library because we rely pardon? we have the zoom recorder i think it says zoom six i gotta start sending that around with them to get some sound effects because we very much rely on what comes in the program so it's good to know we can yeah. just go acquire it you know to own. me my sound effects library is my um i would say it's my the reason why people come and work with me yeah for a lot of the the, the reason because no one else has the sound effects that i have um i also have libraries i have you know i have thousands of library sounds as well you know that i've collected over the years but uh you know the best sounds that i've found are the ones that I've recorded myself. So let me just show you real quick. Oh, I can't share my screen. Oh, you give want it one second. There you go. You should be able to now. Okay, I think you can see it. So this yeah. is my sound effects library. And you'll see there's just, huh. you know, I have in this library, I have 112,000 um, sound effects. And I think that's a uh, an alligator growl, you know. Um, we have stuff like this. It's like wind. Are you hearing that, by the way? I am, yeah. Yep. Okay, great. Uh, and then to get even sort of more granular on it, we have the samplers. Um, which basically just takes sound and, and puts it in a more, makes it easier to, uh, uh, I would say, manipulate. So, like, here's a bunch of footsteps. Huh. Radium. That that looks like a very advanced program. <laughs> yeah, it's quite expensive, but it. It saves it shaves hours off yeah. my work. Well, that's you know, totally worth I it. I can work without it. 
And then, you know, if you're doing a like a, an explosion, you know, a lot of a lot of it's layering. So you'd start with like just a basic explosion. And then maybe you want to add a little sub to it. And then, you know, after that, you, you know, I want some like debris and stuff. So, it's... so there's a lot of like kind of cool tools that, you know, I, I enjoy just getting and, and having a project and, and, and just trying to figure out what what can I do to make it sound more realistic and and and, you know, uh, that's awesome. Basically blow people's hair back. Yeah. Well, I, I like what you were saying about how when people look to hire, they're not just hiring you, they're hiring your whole library, all of your experience. Do you know the name um, Rick Veers? He has in the, the Detroit Chop Shop. Sure, yeah, I know. I have some of his libraries. Yeah, we were at a workshop with him one time, and he said he was just a guy in his apartment making things. And he, before he even knew this was a thing, he sent it off to some company hoping he might get like, some free software in return and they said oh these are great here's five thousand dollars and that's how he began like oh my gosh but it's i love because it's something i've i've never would have considered like it's you and your microphone you just go out and record everyday life I mean, you've got a hundred and over a hundred thousand clips like that's work you're getting paid for just by carrying a microphone around that's that's really cool mm -hmm. yeah and you know a lot of it has to do with like specific projects that I've worked on. Um, so where do you get like artillery? Uh, do you have to arrange a visit to a, a gun range or do you just always have it? With I've you never done never that. Know? There's, there's guys that, that have that. Okay. I gotcha. You know, access and stuff like that. Uh, I would say one of the things that I do do a lot of, um, which sort of, you know, uh, uh, overlaps my two worlds is I'll have actors come in and do what's called loop group. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, that is just a bunch of random actors coming in to fill out a scene. So if you have a scene with like a bunch of, um, you know, people in it, you don't want those people talking on set because they're going to ruin your 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 main character's audio. So we'll have actors come in and just do like what they call walla, which is just oh. like little talking here and there, you know, just to fill out the scene, make it feel more realistic. Yeah. Uh, and I work on this show called Dwight in Shining Armor. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. Uh, it's, I believe it's on the BYU network. Okay. Um, and so let me just show you guys a little bit of that. That just shows what comes on there. Hang on a second. This is the first screen share we have, and it really adds a lot. So thank you for having it sent up to, to show. This yeah, is no cool. problem. So this is uh, this is Pro Tools, which is uh, pretty much an industry standard, and it has audio. And I, I work on this show called uh, Dwight and Shining Armor, um, and we do. You know, I work with a team. You know, no no one can do, especially on a show like this, which is a fantasy show. No one can do all the jobs themselves. Mm -hmm. So you have to split it up, and you know. Uh, I do cut mainly dialogue on this, but I have done some sound effects and, and uh, some other stuff. So, so this show, let me just see if I can figure out if I got this proper here. You'll you'll see I have three main elements here. This is the mixed version, but these are three main elements. We have dialogue, music, and the sound effects. And just to give uh, the students sort of an idea of what each does, 
I will play it down. I should probably give Mr. Hammond a heads up. So this is just music. And this is just sound effects that we added in post. Huh. You can tell there's some ambient sound design. Some shaking. So a lot of times someone will just record this stuff just because it's easier mm -hmm. than just... guys back from the cosmos how would so yeah that's just like kind of generally how things are split out now within sound effects you have different types you have um what's called foley which is people walking and moving and stuff like that you have hard effects which would be like you know a door open or a gunshot or an explosion uh, and then you have what we call the ambience is which just basically your environmental sounds um so yeah, that's cool. One one struggle I have when I'm editing even like a podcast or something is I, I really rely on that visual piece, you know, of the video. How how do you keep track of where you are in the audio tracks? Like, is there a tip? Is it just something you have to get used to? Do you rely on the waveforms? Podcast editing. Well, even just like the clip you the clip you're showing us there. The, there's all those things going on. And you just get these squiggly lines, you know, like indicating the sound. How how do you keep it all straight? Is it just something you get used to, or? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, we have all, you know, all our tracks are, uh, you know, each audio track has its own specific type of sound that goes on it. So, you know, on many soundtracks, especially on Dwight and Shining Armor, we'll probably have, uh, I would say, close to a hundred tracks, just raw tracks. And then um, since we mix it in, in surround, we do it in, you know, five speakers and a, a sub, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that adds even more. And then you have things like reverb and, you know, uh, different types of effects and stuff. So, you know, it really can get wild. But there's, you know, there's there's ways of, of sort of, you know, uh, organizing your work. So, like, if when I'm doing a dialogue edit, I'm not looking at all the sound effects or the music tracks. I'm just looking at the dialogue tracks, which I have maybe 12 of. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, it just sort of depends on what you're working. If you're working on fully, you'll just have the fully, you know, the eight fully tracks or whatever gotcha. you die. So um, that's a good way. Yeah. I would say. All right. Uh, well, a couple questions I'll say, I'll save the one, but the first one, um, you know, you, you see these shows that you're working on in post-production, like, is, is that kind of cool to see an episode of say, I'll pick mine of Silicon Valley before it comes out and know what's coming. Do you enjoy that part of the job or is it just a show is a show and you don't really get into the entertainment value of it when you're doing the edit? Yeah. When I'm working, I'm working. I'm not, I'm not getting into entertainment um, value of it. A lot of times the, the videos I get uh, are very um, raw. Like there's been no color correction. A lot of times they don't have CGI or if they do have CGI, it's, uh, terrible. <laughs> um, so, you know, with Dwight and Shiny Armor, there's a lot of monsters in it. And so we have to create monsters that we can't really, that we have a vague idea of what they look like, but really don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there's certainly been 
you know, we'll, we'll do a mock-up and then once we get the, the actual real video, we'll be like, oh, okay, well, it doesn't really make that sound. So we have to sort of readjust. Um, but, you know, schedules are so tight these days, you have to get started. You can't just be like, I'm going to wait for CGI or, you know, we'd never get anything done. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I don't know. Does that answer the question? Yeah. And then, um, all right, this is, this is always a hard one. Uh, fa favorite project you've worked on or if there is a particular series or maybe just a particular project in general that you enjoy working on? Um, was there anything that you look back and like that was? I mean, I love this show, Dwight and Shining Armor. It's It's got all the fun fantasy elements. Uh, it's got monsters. It's got uh, explosions. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I also worked on this this zombie show called Z Nation. Um, it was on the Sci-Fi Channel. That was a lot of fun to work on. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, let me think. Uh, you know, some. You know, I've worked on a, a bunch of films that were sort of fantasy sci-fi stuff that I enjoyed. Um, really, anything with a good story. I mean, I just love, like all of us, I just love stories yeah. and anything uh, that gives me a chance to explore sound and how it can be um, beneficial in telling a story, uh, I'm all in on. So, um, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. And I think this one came up earlier because uh, you had mentioned that some actors are better to work with than others or are better at that editing process. Is there a particular actor, actress, star that you've worked with and had a, we'll go with a, a very enjoyable experience or you were kind of impressed with their talent work ethic or anything like that anyone that stands out um hmm i think so i worked with uh, michael j fox on um designated survivor mm -hmm. uh, that was adr and he you know he has some yeah. some medical issues and he had a lot of lines he probably had because he he has difficulty speaking as well and so when they shoot, they just they just go right through. You know, they don't they don't make him retake stuff because they're like, we would be here all day. So he had to come in. Uh, this is when I lived in New York and basically redubbed three shows, probably over 100 lines. And uh, he stood the entire time, even though he has issues standing. Um, was just a con, you know, he's just a consummate professional uh considering all he's been through um that was that was a, an honor and a privilege to be able to work with him yeah, on that and help help him that's a good you know, one make, make the show that he wanted to make yeah. i'm sorry what, what, i said that that's that's a really good one um because i mean he's like a legend for anyone that grew up in the 80s 90s and i think his struggle we've all kind of felt to an extent and to know that he was going to power through that. Like that's, that's a really special story. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. That one. I mean, I would, I would ask him, do you need a break? He's like, Nope, let's keep on going. I was like, okay. Well, they say, I'm, don't, don't meet your you heroes. Can do it, I can do it. So yeah, don't, don't meet your heroes, but that was a good one to meet. All right. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you taking all this time with us. Thanks for showing us the setup. Yeah, no Thanks for the if advice. Other questions or anything? Um, I guess just with, um, with audio. So our, our, audio we have a the zoom recorder we got some microphones right that's that's our setup here for athens mm -hmm. tv what what can we focus on 
when we're in, in production to prepare ourselves for that audio post-production. Um, what's like an easy tip that you could give to a beginner um, from your very professional background? How can we make our audio better um, tomorrow? Um, let me see. I guess I would say uh, don't always just focus on the visual because I know when you're shooting, it's very easy to forget about what it's going to sound like. Um, but if you take a few extra seconds or, or minutes or whatever, and just think about, you know, how is this going to sound in, in the final project? Uh, you know, that may, might mean if you're shooting next to a highway to just go grab a couple takes away from the highway just for sound. If your actors are there, just go, you know, 50 feet away, uh, you know, in a better sound, you know, mm -hmm. and then you could always cut that in late. Some, sometimes it's possible to cut that audio in later to a take that you did like. So, um, you know, that would be my multiple sort of, takes. I like it. And yeah, I like how you said takes, seconds even as takes well. For just for sound. Yeah. So. Seconds is sometimes all the thought you really need. Just some thought is so great. Well, we will say mm -hmm. hi to Mrs. Manfredi for you. That's a great Excellent. connection. Yeah, tell her I said hi. I don't know if she'll remember me, yep. but um, um, she was definitely one of my favorite teachers. Kind of a kook, but yeah. Yeah, that's all right. All right. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for coming in, for supporting your, your alma mater. This was great. No um, and we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. Anytime. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.